Good day, everybody. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. And I'm doing a special series, Mindful Souls. I'm super excited today. Today, I'm interviewing Mark Troy, the Midwest medium. If you're from Chicago, most likely you've heard of him. Um, he does sessions at Zada World. Right now, he's doing a lot of sessions via Skype. I'm so excited to hear his story. Um, his story is a little similar to mine that was in corporate America, kind of like suppressing his gifts. And then something finally happened to fully align him back on his spiritual journey, helping other people. That's good. Okay, so welcome, Mark Troy. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm excellent, excellent. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So one thing that I wanted to hear from you kind of before we jump into the topic we wanted to discuss today, what happened? Cause you spoke about like that you were in the corporate world. What kind of brought you back onto your spiritual journey and helping other people with theirs? So, um, I'm not sure if there was exactly one particular moment. I think it was like a, um, accumulation of, of many things. So, in 2002, 2003, that's kind of where I first got a professional job doing psychic mediumship, but there really wasn't any opportunities. So I didn't have a choice. I had to go back to the corporate world or whatever world and, and get a regular type of job. But there was this sort of this inner knowing, there's this like voice inside of me that kept saying, oh, you'll go back, you'll go back. I got oh, you're crazy. This is it's crazy, <laughs> but, um, right. uh, you know, I now know looking back that I had to go back, I had to explore the corporate world and then clinical psych as well in order to become, you know, um, a better, not just vessel, but just a better um, conduit, I guess, vessel and messenger for mediumship or psychic or healing, because without the experience you really can't relate to the people you're trying to help. Absolutely. And just to be grounded in your spiritual gifts, because a lot of people that are gifted, it's like crown and third eye, and they're just floating endlessly through the world. And it's really, you see a lot of spiritual healers that really don't find that success as a profession because they haven't done the groundwork with the root chakra with being grounded or dealing with finances, you know, dealing with like the mundane business stuff. So I totally get it. Yeah. And, you know, I call myself a modern mystic. So how can you be a modern mystic and not understand anything that's modern? Yeah. You know, so you, you do have to go and, and actually be human. And I, I, when I train and teach and mentor new mediums or psychics on their journey and even healers, I say the human part of you is going to be maybe more important than this ability because without it, like you said, no grounding. I mean, how do you deal with the day-to-day -day stressors? How do you deal with crisis? How do you deal with trauma? How do you deal with grief? Uh, yeah. How do you understand the corporate world, the political, the social? You got to, like the human you may be more important than the ability itself. So Absolutely. it's all hindsight though. <laughs> it's totally hindsight. I had someone come to me recently, and this isn't the first time, um, seeking enlightenment. And this person feels like really soon they're going to become enlightened. In the meantime, they have this human life that they're disconnected from. So they don't like their job. Um, 
it's like this person likes their partner, but again, no connection, disconnected. So they think once enlightenment happens, they're going to be synced up to divine and everything in their life is going to feel so good. And I said, actually, when your soul reincarnates here, it's mastering the human experience that brings about so-called enlightenment, that peace, not getting enlightenment. And then it like sinks into the human experience. So what do you think about that? Oh, well, I always tell my students that to uh, new or new mediums or new psychics, I, I, I give them the story that there was a, a mystic in India, which is a medium. Yeah. A long time ago. And, and he was asking his, his guru or whatever teacher, he said, if I meditate twice a day for, <laughs> for a few years, will I reach enlightenment? And um, the teacher said, no. And he said, well, what if I meditate four times a day, same amount of years, and how long will it take me? And the teacher said, twice as long. So, you know, it's the same thing. And, I, and all my students look at me like I'm crazy when I say that. And I say, the further you try to grab it, the more it just it leaves you. Yeah. You know? So it's passive. Yeah. And learning to become passive. But yeah, um, the journey to whatever the alignment is. Um, it's not the destination. It's, it truly is the journey. And that's so hard, but we definitely choose to incarnate into this world for the human experience. And then the second part to your you know, question is about the relationship. So, <laughs> I mean, books and books and books and books are written about that part where a lot of spiritual people, especially today, um, yeah. they are looking for enlightenment through somebody else. Yes. If it's not through somebody else, it's external, whatever the case may be. And, you know, um, it's, it's like anything else. It's like, you know, the, the great divine, the source is actually inside of you. If you can't find it there, you're not going to find it anywhere else. So looking outside externally to somebody else is only going to lead to more frustrations. Yes. So what, what do you do? I know a lot of people are coming to you and myself included. Um, a lot of people come to me and talk about the twin flame. I feel like in the past decade, that term is almost like a hot topic. And in the beginning of this like decade where it's really like blowing up, I was open to it, but due to my own experience and losing myself, and a potential twin flame, I kind of pulled back from the term. And I really encourage people to really seek wholeness within and whoever they date, whether it's a soulmate, a woundmate, a twin flame, it's a bonus, it's an experience, but it doesn't define your wholeness. So what do you do when clients come to you and they're head on seeking the twin flame? Well, it depends if they're, if they want to hear the history. So if they do, <laughs> if they do want to, <laughs> I, I have an interesting take on it um, because I did a lot of research. Astrology talks about this and has been talking about it for thousands of years. So it's been around. Um, in actuality, though, when you research the, t- the, the term twin flame, the term Eros Gamos comes up. Because, you know, modern day, everyone in spirituality, new age, whatever, metaphysics, they know of the sacred union 
his twin flame or sacred marriage. And actually, the, you know, the Greek word of eros gamos, that's what it means, sacred uh, union, sacred marriage. But before, we're going back thousands of years ago, if you went to an island called uh, Samothrace or Samothraki in Greece, you would, um, you would try to seek this, but by yourself. So it wasn't with another individual. And so they call it the initiation to the great mysteries. And basically anyone from around the world could travel to this little island in Greece. And there will be women there and there will be men as support. And you would go and before you would be initiated, you would go through a purification. This is what we know as the shadow, shadow work and spiritual yeah. talk today. Uh, you would literally be around water and you would try your best, as best as you possibly could, and we all know what this is like, um, to face your shadow self, uh, look at the things you like, dislike, the things you haven't let go of, and try your best to sort of let go of those things as best as you can. And we know today it is transmutation, but that's a whole nother topic there. So after this purification, you would go try to become initiated. And the belief was, are you worthy for this initiation and um, quote unquote enlightenment or experience? And the measure to that is how open was your heart? It wasn't about creed, religion, gender, race. It didn't matter if you were a slave. It didn't matter if you're a woman, man, whatever you could go. And so um, there were men there that would circle, kind of make the form of circles, protectors. And then inside the circle, there'd be women with drums, you know, um, sort of uh, being there for their, you know, that energy, that supportive energy. And then there would be a, a place where you could sit and basically connect. And we know this is connecting to your higher self today. And it, that's the process of connecting to your higher self, the sacred marriage. And they said sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. So today we try to, we, I mean, modern society of spiritual people, we try to replicate that with somebody else. And the reason was, is because when the Romans came in, they changed everything. It became about, well, you have to have sex in order to, you know, um, merge with your higher self. But, you know, thus the twin flame kind of thing was born really and so it's kind of sad in that way you can still achieve this through somebody else it's possible um but it's certainly not the only way and, and i and in a lot of ways like you said it's it's extra or it's gravy you yeah. know that you can find someone that you love and have a deep soul connection and perhaps it's a twin flame or maybe it's a soulmate but that's gravy as you said you know the the true enlightenment was um you know, connecting to your higher self and merging with that and then bringing the spiritual gifts down to the earth with you and now using that in your, the rest of your life. Yeah. So uh, that was really it. That's the genesis of it. And now today we've changed that because there's a lot of motivations why that changed. There's, there's money to be made, honestly, in keeping yeah. relationships together. And, people and I think, yes, and I think, media and society thrives on us not being whole oh yeah so i think there's even that part that we keep feeding it like even the disney movies i was never interested in watching disney movies with my kids 
And right. I, I couldn't even put words to it until I did, but it was, it didn't feel good. Like the Absolutely. messages they were putting out there, even like with, I swear it was like a parent always died right in the beginning. Like, why are we doing that? <laughs> you know, like what's going on? You're right. Um, You're right. <laughs> what's your advice to people that are seeking that twin flame before they kind of do their own inner work? Because I love how you explained how it originated was finding wholeness first. And then, hey, if we attract a partner after that, great, but it wasn't the main focus. Yeah. Well, um, I would say this. You, you try your best. And I think the first step really is shadow self. You know, not first step enlightenment, not first step is another person. I, I think it's shadow self. Um, I think if we start there, everything would work out. We never start there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're never taught. When I, when I was you know, starting out too on this journey, which is probably, I would say, truly 2002, 2003, even though you could argue my whole life, but really there, yeah. I was told by the books, all the books that are sold, that just love and light and enlightenment. There was no shadow work. There was nothing like, you know, that didn't exist. Yeah. I didn't know so I, gonna, I understand the problems. So I think education from us now that's our responsibility now to say, no, actually the first step is looking at the stuff in your life that you're not good at and being okay with it. If you're not a good writer, who cares? You're good at something else. If you're not yeah. a good singer, who cares? That's the part. And I think in spirituality, even it still goes on. I have peers that do this. They refuse that. They cannot accept. I'm not good as a writer. I'm not good at washing the dishes. I'm not good at, you know, yeah. singing in the yeah. shower. And I'm like, no, it's it really is okay not being good at everything. It's, that's what we call integration or transmutation of the shadows. To, to look at these things, you know, bend but don't break. Yes, I don't, I'm not, maybe I don't like the fact that my finances weren't perfect or my health wasn't perfect, whatever the things that you don't like, but don't let it break you. And then you can transmute that. Some of the things you're really bad at or your struggles are your greatest gift because then you can go on and help people that can relate to you true and that's it and then after that then if somebody comes along that's a twin flame soulmate whatever gravy and then then the actual initiation of you merging with your higher self your sacred union sacred marriage incorporating that spiritual your spiritual um you know unity with the great divine whatever word you want to use into your life will come after yeah. But you can't, you know, and you, it's really hard to use intuition. It's really hard to use your soul's intelligence without accepting hum, the human in you. Because yeah. the, human you, the human you is the contrast. And we're not doing that, you know. So I think like people like us, it is now our responsibility to go, we may not be popular for saying this, everybody. But guess what? This is what we're going to say. And this is the truth. So, yeah. So with shadow work, which is so important, um, a lot of people will seek like plant medicine. So a lot of people will do like ayahuasca. Some people will do psychotherapy. Some people will work with a shaman. How did you, like, how do you keep yourself accountable to do your shadow work? I talk to family members. Because <laughs> they'll tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's what, you know, I, I, 
Um, again, my students, some of them will say, how do you like, how do you keep your ego in check? Or how do you know that? I go, just pick up the phone and call on your family members. I yes. Every single day, just do it. If you think you're going to high and mighty, just pick up the phone and they, they will bring you back down to earth. Um, that is really, I mean, it sounds silly, but it, it is the easiest way. Um, but really, if, if you can um, be okay with the flaws, and I think I also try to remind myself that I, I believe we choose to come back. I believe so you know, too. Yeah. And if you believe that, then you start to look at the things that aren't so good as opportunities for you to kind of maybe start laying the breadcrumbs. So I, I don't like how society sometimes can really treat each other terribly. Yeah. But maybe, maybe I chose to come back to be maybe not the pioneer, but a pioneer to start to turn that around a bit. You know, so there's a lot of things you can do there. But if you don't believe you come back and choosing to help, it's going to be, it, you're going to be disillusioned. And I think, and, it, and in your self-awareness, it's just going to be a struggle. So I yeah. can see, I can see the ego going two directions. Either you'll think you should be sitting on a mountaintop. Yeah. Or you'll go the other direction where you just, you know, you don't want anything to do with the world. You, you, you know, you don't care and you're, you're full of hate. So, um, but I don't know what to say other than, most cultures, most spiritual ideologies throughout history say we come back. And certainly astrology, which is in every culture, every spiritual modality has astrology, east, west, north, south, they say we come back as a choice. So, Do you um, believe uh, we pick our parents? Abs absolutely. I, I do I too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we, we pick our parents. Um, and I, I joke by saying that, but I, I am blessed to, to have had them um they pick us too you know so you you both pick each other and then you know you go back grandparents and all that and i know it sounds very complex because it does and there's got to yeah. be a million good choices you make even the exact precise time of your birth you chose that interesting the location the time your name the year yes so both and of so, my sons both of my sons came early. My first son came like 10 weeks early and his birthday was 1123. He wasn't supposed to come till January, like end of January. Second son wasn't supposed to come till end of January. He decided to come 1123. So they both picked their own birthdays, came on their own schedule. Um, it's hilarious. So that's kind of funny that you said that they even pick like the date and the time they come in. I have a synchronicity with that. So I was born August 13th, my brother born August 13th, but two years apart. Yeah. yeah. And then my, my godmother who looked exactly like me passed away on my birthday. Her father, which is my grandfather, who is super, 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 super superstitious, passed away August 13th. And Interesting. I channeled astrology because I said one day, if a medium 5,500 BC channeled astrology, I should do something. So I wanted to do it. And I was given from, you know, we call it claircognizance is like receiving information with a thought, look up your birthday. And lo and behold, there's an asteroid that was discovered August 13th. 
And when I was born, it was right above my head, which rules career. And it's the goddess Iris, which rules mediumship. So it literally means to be a medium for career. Wow. So yeah, freakish. Like That's amazing. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, yeah. when, when you were talking about like calling your family to get like your ego in check, my youngest son is so funny. He's like, yeah, I don't really believe in what you do. Like he'll just flat out tell me, you know, like I have all these people like boosting my ego, right? Like day in and day out. It's ridiculous. And, but like, it's so true when you go home, you're just this normal person. You're just basic to the people you live with. Absolutely. (laughs) And I love that he is finding his own journey. Like if he thinks what I do is real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, It's better to have some healthy skepticism you know, um, so that you can develop critical thinking, you know, yeah. I think that's another thing that I hope that I can inspire psychics, mediums, healers, intuitives to be critical thinkers. I don't think it's really taught a lot. Yeah. And if we did that, I think we could really not only reach more people, I think the stigma of mediumship or healing or psychic or intuitive or even spirit all together would be sort of alleviated if not altogether at least to some degree if we became a little bit better at critical thinking so I think about like even when I work with other healers I'm a skeptic too so even though I'm in this industry I know there's scams I know there's even people that just aren't that good you know it's more innocent for you how is it like if you go work with somebody like what's your mentality well I always I always um trust my soul my spirit who I'm working with um mediums long ago especially like I do what what they call evidential mediums evidential mediumship which is you try to get some sort of description of a spirit that you can validate yeah when they originally were sort of developing they would read the aura of somebody and, and look at their colors. And by that you would determine, okay, I can work with this person or, you know, I could find out everything basically about them if I, if I try to open myself up to their heart, their soul, and their spirit, and that will guide you. So if like, you know, there's, there's people, there's mediums that have very little experience that, that I wanna work with. And they're like, why? And I go, I saw everything I need to see. And then there's some that have a ton of experience. And, and I said, it's not meant for us. Yeah. But that was the original way. And it's changed that though. Uh, that doesn't, that doesn't happen a lot now. Now it's just whoever is, you know, I don't know. There's a million different reasons for what they're doing out there. But originally we're, we were supposed to trust our souls and our higher self to guide us, you know, really trust spirit to say, I think spirit is saying I should work with this healer. I should work with this intuitive. I should work with this mystic. I should work with the shaman, not the resume. Not, yeah, which, you know, all this yeah. <laughs> which is what it's become. Like you're more focused on the resume versus if you have a connection with this person. Um, do you outgrow like your mentors? Do you have mentors? Did you have mentors? This is a tough one. Um, I feel like... I'm not sure if I could say mentors. I feel like I have so many inspirers. Maybe I should use that word um, because that, that word mentor is a very difficult thing. Um, I would like to refer to as more of inspirers. 
Yeah. And do I, do you outgrow them? I don't think you can outgrow and inspire because, right. you know, what I learned too is the human them, their mistakes, that's ongoing, right? They'll never yeah. run out of mistakes. They're, you know, so that part you can't, you know, there's some mediums that do so many brave things, psychics and healers, there's healers out there doing brave things too that that is no matter where they're at on their journey, that really, you know, captivates me. Yes. When someone merges mental health in this, like you, that really, I mean, that that really inspires me. That's like, wow, I can't wait to see what this is 20 years. It's going to change that, you know, it's innovative. Yeah. Um, so I would say no, I, I you know, with the inspire, inspiration type thing, the mentor thing is such a subjective word. I, um, I, I don't know, you know, I wonder, I, say that, I wonder if, because you're a Leo, um, I'm a fire sign too. Like mentor kind of feels like controlling or something. <laughs> so right away, I loved how you like flip the word. <laughs> that doesn't sound like me. Yes. Uh, well, that's probably. <laughs> I'm the same. Yeah. My father's the same too. Like he's always had an issue with like authority, like still to this yeah. day, like he's such a free spirit. It's amazing. <laughs> Why well, and anyone who takes a class from me, I say that too. I go, I'm not, I'm not your, I'm not a teacher. I'm not a guru. I'm not a mentor. They're like, yes, you are. I'm like, no, I'm not. So I'm like, I can only get a little bit of a, of a little, little light on your path. You know, yes. the path is long and I'm grateful, but I'm certainly not the path. I'm only a little bit of a light on that path. So it is probably the fire in me though. Yes. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Um, when we were talking about like reincarnation, so like picking our family and it's this intricate system, is that why we have like these soul families? Do we typically reincarnate with like the same family? Yeah, uh, um, same family, same friends, same twin flame, same soulmates, same soul groups. Yes, 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 yes. Um, over and over and over and over again. Um, the astrology will show you that in synastry too. It'll show you, oh my gosh, you know, there's a lot of different markers that'll show you that. Um, but we do that for a million reasons. Uh, but you can see it's interesting how some of the soul group members, we'll say that, have changed and some not so, not some not so much. <laughs> and like, yeah. oh, I'm sure you've said to yourself as I have, you've done this, uh, this person has done this in three different lifetimes and they still don't have it, you know? So, yes. um, but yeah, it, it, it's wonderful to see that. Um, and uh, we choose that. We choose our soulmates, soul groups. We choose all these people to reincarnate at, the, at specific times. You'll go ahead of me. You know, you'll go five years ahead. I'll come later for different yeah. reasons. I had someone real close to me say, you chose to be born a couple of years uh, before I did because you're further on your path, your spiritual journey. And I go, yeah. well, I don't know how to measure that. You know, I don't know how to measure that. So if you say so, because, you right. know, and, and I'm sure you would agree, whatever enlightenment is, whatever word you want to use or whatever nirvana is or whatever that awareness is so that it can happen in an instant. You know, so it's so subjective and hard to say just because you were enlightened or, or holier than thou one lifetime. I'm not sure 
we you can exactly say once you reincarnate you'll you'll start where you kind of left off necessarily yeah um, as a human the soul does but the human doesn't so you can still be born a little bit sort of um not awake or asleep or yeah. whatever, and then come back so. And sometimes almost as like a form of protection, sometimes like the asleep state is protecting you from something. Maybe you're not psychologically ready to like handle it. Absolutely. And yeah. And uh, if you're asleep or whatever term you want to use for that, then you can go through some of the more material or less enlightened stuff because you chose on a soul level to help people navigate through that as well. Yeah. So if you start in line, then how are you going to help anyone? Exactly. Because you don't have those lessons ingrained in you. Um, okay. When we talk about like enlightenment, nirvana, which I, I hate enlightenment. I, I even awakening that term is like attached yeah. superficially now. Yes. My medicine for it is like wholeness, inner peace, acceptance, get out of victimhood, stop chasing yeah. something, be in the present moment. Like that's my medicine to be in that space. What's your medicine for people? Cause it's like, they're chasing it. Yeah. I think acceptance is step one. Like you said, uh, acceptance, not only now you, so a lot of people have to go backwards. They have to go backwards to their family. They don't want, you know, it's not even, I don't like to use the word forgiveness for people because the, the you know, that's such like, it's like dynamite. They're like I'm the not, trigger. they don't deserve it. It's like, it's not even about, it's not about them. It's about your brain. Your brain needs, like your brain wants to move on. <laughs> Are you going to give your brain a vacation ever? Like, so acceptance is probably a, even a, a better word to use because there's so much stigma attached to the word forgiveness. Um, so polarizing. So they'll yeah. have, to, I feel like you have to go backwards probably to birth. And I do offer people this, this thing called let go letter a lot where they write out from beginning of time, the earliest memory everything that made them upset, angry, sad, just, or pain, write it out, reread it, burn it. And then that hopefully it's like, there's some things they're, they're going to say, I can't get over it. Yeah. Yes. But if you can say, maybe I can't, but I'll use this to help people, you know, like uh, energetically, even if you can energetically release it, maybe the emotional part's going to catch up. Eventually. And that also, yeah. And that goes back to like, if you can believe that you picked your family and this is hard when we're talking about like abuse, absolutely. but if you can believe not the human part chose the family, the soul, because you wanted to go through these hard lessons to be able to help people in the future. I think when people can hold space for that theory, like not even fully yes. grasp it, it, it helps that forgiveness, like more like acceptance. Like there's a part of me that chose this path. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, I think it starts energetically and then later, maybe emotionally or mentally or physically, it'll, it'll respond. And it's yeah. not like you're not enabling, you know, when you say free will exist and they chose those things, that's that, but it's about you, you know, um, and if people can kind of get that conceptually, then the healing and that process moves later. But, but the other thing is there's no such thing as uh, living in this world, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, yeah. being at a hundred percent happy 24 hours, seven days a week. It's, it's, it's supposed to be a balance. 
And not to say, well, miserable 12 hours, happy 12. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's coming to the place where, yeah, this, you know, things will happen and you're, you're always going to go through challenges and crisis no matter what. Even if it's not you, you're going to have someone close to you that goes through it. So it's kind yes. of unavoidable. But your coping skills get better and how you deal with it and coping with that uh, certainly um, can improve. So when you face it, you know, you're not as thrown off or you see yes. the blessings, guys. But we're still supposed to cry. You know, uh, we're, supposed, we're still supposed to feel pain and anger and sadness. Um, so uh, I think the first time I saw that was, what's his name? Um, Ty... Uh, uh, Thai Nichan, is that is yeah, what I say it right? Yeah, I can't even think of the, the, the Buddhist where he said when Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. passed away, he he was he went into depression. And I, and I thought to myself, This is the most spiritual person I know. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know spiritual people go to sadness, and that was that was a huge eye opener for me. It's like, Well, if someone like that can admit that then we all gotta go away. Oh, what are we doing? Like, of course we're supposed to feel emotions and all that, but don't let it, don't let it be your downfall is the key. Yeah. Don't get stuck That's in it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I love how people, even people that have platforms now are speaking of depression and anxiety. So it is making it more easy for people to kind of claim like, Oh, I have this thing I'm working through but to add to what you were saying I notice how some people will get like overly excited and that same person, when something slightly negative happens, they're in like the low zone. So I do teach people like the healthy zone to live is like on a scale of one to 10 is like the three to seven. So yeah. even when this exciting and I train people like how to sync up to the universe. So if you're getting overly excited for something good, there's a part of you that's saying, I don't deserve it. Because yeah. the excitement is like, I'm surprised that this is happening. And there should be a part of you that's like, of course, this is happening. I deserve it. Absolutely. You know? Well, and then I always say, never get too high, never get too low. Yeah. Same, same thing, same concept. Uh, but yeah, you should be, you should wait. That's sad. You know, that that's such a normal thing that we're like, wow, like, why are you surprised? Of course you, why not you, you know? Right. So I really like that, that you have that. But yeah um a scale of three to seven is pretty good to me uh, you know i'll never get too high never get too low and, and you'll you'll get to a place where um you'll have a little bit more harmony in your life yeah. so I and that's that. like the the inner peace um one more question before we go um that a lot of people struggle with is when they get on the spiritual journey they want to find their tribe and their people so i know we're similar in age we're both spiritual and we both definitely live the human experience. How's your experience been with like friends and your tribe and finding people to relate to? Well, um, a long time ago, I would say it's probably 2001, 2002. There was one I met, she was also a Leo. Uh, but she was, <laughs> she, she was, a, she was a reader. She was an intuitive reader. And she told me, your social support, the people you date, they cannot be toxic. If you want to find whatever it is that you're supposed to find. I, and I, and I, I didn't know what that meant, but I trusted it. So, but yeah. then she said, slow, it will happen slowly, Mark. 
So I've always been kind of patient with the tribe coming in one by one instead of where are they at? Like 20 should be showing up at my door tomorrow, which is, I think there's a panic button for a lot of people that they go from, you know, their normal friends that were interested in normal things, but probably were toxic. And then they become interested in this stuff. And then they need 20, 40 friends or whatever that are all spiritual at once. And they don't, you know, so if that doesn't happen, something's wrong. And I think if, if they really are part of your soul tribe, it will come in gradually, um, you know, and you just have to have patience with it because all good things come to those that wait. Right. So yeah. I think, I think you need to kind of, if you truly really want to make the most of your experience, you got to be open to, to that happening, but you got to be patient Yeah. You know, with that. So that's my best advice. But as far as holding on, you know, what I do see a lot is people get, people will become spiritual and then they will enable. And it's not just romance. It's also friendships where they're really toxic friendships. And these friends are really horrible to them. Yeah. And they go, well, love and light. It's like, boy, they just, they just stabbed your car tire. I mean, <laughs> you know, like they let that <laughs> I'm like, that's not, that's really not what this is. Like you can love them from a distance, but not let them, you know, hurt you yeah take advantage of you yeah i mean that's not what we're saying in these books or we're not supposed to say that but apparently that's the message that keeps going out there um so i saw this i i saw this shirt that said there's no self-love without boundaries absolutely yeah god boundaries are boundaries i think are really missing just got to be blunt in in the modern day with spiritual people um because they're they're you know, they, they have no patience. They just, yeah. everything's gotta be instant. It's a microwave type of society. And the, you know, I, I, I can't lose these cause I'll never have it and I need it now. And so I'm going to keep on like, well, you have 20 toxic social support people. One's a romance and the others are friends. Uh, like, how do you expect to kind of have peace and harmony? Right. And it's going to so, be a journey of detoxing that situation like dismantling it almost a cleansing purging and then to raise your vibration to get ready for like those newer friendships and just like you said it's a journey you have to be patient and my belief is the way that the universe works is by frequencies and it's slow shifts so you can't go from like this dramatic detox to nirvana yeah so it's like you're gonna get better friends but they still might be toxic at the end of the day. Absolutely. That's true. <laughs> and the other thing which you really bring up is that we have to remember when you get spiritual friends, they will have flaws. Yeah. So, but that's another thing. So I've seen that a lot where spiritual people then get spiritual friends and it's not nirvana. It's like, they said my shoes were ugly forget it. They're not spiritual. And they get rid of them. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, no, 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 no. We can't do this. Like, listen, like in, you know, it, it's, it's, is it malicious? Is it intentional malicious or is it just annoyance or whatever? So we have to really relook at that's another huge thing though. It's almost like I see a lot of fake spiritual uh, friendships yes. going in because they're too, you know, they're, they're in love with the idea, not that, not the actual, experience of, of yeah the, in love with the love and light 
but not the shadow work that does come to the surface when you have these intimate connections. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I always say, well, I mean, they could say whatever they want, maybe be annoying, but it was their heart in the right place. And if I, if that is the measure for me for spiritual acquaintance or friendship, it's not really the other stuff, but that's not, but you know, these people that are in love with the love and light, they haven't done their own shadow. It's impossible. It's really, 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 really hard to use your intuition to do mediumship, to do psychic work, to do healing work if you haven't done shadow. Agreed. But they keep skipping it. And then you're not going to get those spiritual, those good, long, sustaining spiritual relationships, whether it's friends or romance, if you don't do the shadow either. Yeah. Unless you want it all just imagination. I mean, then sure right right if you're okay with being on the surface and that works for you and then you're okay <laughs> right don't fix it unless it's broken right um so what are you working on right now like what's going on in your world right now what are you offering what's up so everything um though my passion is, is to provide you know mediumship psychic um readings for the yeah. public um I hope I get another opportunity on television. I was on television not too long ago because I want to show the stigma that it's that we can alleviate the stigma. And I think what I do, mediumship and psychic uh, readings and this ability, I think it breaks the status quo. Yeah. I do. And I think we need that. We need people just to inspire them to be critical thinkers and to inspire them that maybe there's more to life than just taxes and cars and all that that there might be something else there that's really why and i love my passion is, is training and teaching and helping new mediums so i do offer that for anyone around the world um, um just in a week's week from now it'll be four days a week that i'm teaching which is oh my gosh amazing <laughs> so yeah um i i still do uh, one-on-one readings i do astrology I'm on social media. Social media alone is a job. I mean, yes, 100%. Yeah. God. So, um, but my, the, my passion and my heart, my soul is knowing that this ability does break the status quo. And I think if that's step one, I, I feel like then step two is maybe helping people become better humanitarians. Yeah, absolutely. Especially especially, I don't know if we want to use the word light workers or spiritual or whatever they, we want to call them, to be better humanitarians first, which is really probably our greatest gift and then maybe spiritual second. So Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And just, it's like, you look like a normal dude. So I did see you when you were on TV. And that's what I love too, is like, you know, how when some people get spiritual, all of a sudden their style changes. And it's like, they're wearing the typical spiritual stuff. And my style always stayed the same. And my dad's kind of the same way. Like we have our style and we're healers. So I also appreciate how like, you're just normal and you're just doing your thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, I remember it was years and years and years ago. I used to do readings from my, the place I lived at and uh, a guy came and he said, I'm just so glad you weren't wearing a cape and head. (laughs) <laughs> you know all this stuff and you know so um and he was just a normal normal midwest looking dude too and, and he, yeah. walked, he walked away crying um mm. 
So I'm like, well, that's just the human me is as important being grounded, being, you know, in this world is truly just as important as this ability, if not more. So, yes. You know, so. Yes. Yeah. I love it. I'm so grateful you were here with me today. Um, I really think people are going to enjoy what we discussed today. It went perfectly. Um, I'm going to post all your links and stuff so people can find you. But thanks for coming today. Thank you so much for having me. I, it truly uh, was a pleasure and, and um, I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And we'll chat soon. Okay. Okay. I know.